Well, this morning, you guys, I'm, uh, I'm happy to share with you our speaker for today, uh, Brett Heider. Uh, Brett is our, our new Vice President for Student Experience here at Northwestern. Um, this is a role that was created to support our vision, Northwestern's vision of, of a dynamic student experience that, um, that includes the development of students, uh, leadership abilities, spiritual formation, and resilient character, as well as uh, foster and facilitate a distinctively Christian uh, community here on campus. And so uh, that's what Brett's role is all about, and I'm super happy to have him uh, sh- uh, share with us uh, here in chapel today. So would you give a warm welcome to uh, Brett Heider. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome. How cool is it we get to hang out here? Just for a little bit. It's pretty great. How great is Northwestern? You guys love it here? I love that. Uh, As Darren said, my name is Brett. I am excited to to know all of you in some way, shape, or form over the next, uh, well, for as long as we have together. Um, But college is really awesome, and I I come from a long, long line of educators and uh, spending a lot of years in education, so I love this age. The energy, the excitement, the joy that comes from working alongside you guys is contagious, and I am grateful that you've chosen Northwestern and that uh, we're here today. Uh, as Darren said, I get, a, I get to work with our student life staff, whom most of you know, right? You guys all know student life. You love them, right? They're fantastic. Um, that was pretty pathetic. That's cool. Um, so when we talk about student development, what it's going to be for you to be a student here and kind of that, remember that student you were as a first year, first semester freshman? Remember that person? Right? And now the alum that you're going to be when you grow up, that whole process is something that we're going to focus on. A big way to do that is through leadership development. That's a second pillar that we're going to work on. I got to meet with some of the student leaders um, in January for some of the training, and they are incredible people. And I would say leadership isn't always something that you feel like you have. Just look at the Bible. Uh, Moses, maybe. I don't know. He's a good example. Doesn't feel like he's a leader, and yet he becomes a leader and a, a figurehead. And so I would say if you, if you have an inkling of interest in leadership, uh, I know that leader, appli- leader applications are going on sale this week, next week, something like that. On sale, not on sale. Uh, but that's happening. Spiritual formation, this is one spot where spiritual formation takes place, but it's not the only spot. And um, what we just prayed in the green room is that God not only fills this space, but that he takes that spirit and you guys as his great cloud of witnesses and just spreads it across campus and across this community. Um, And so community is a big deal. So I, I mentioned I love this age students, I've been a football coach for a ton of years. I'm on Young Life Committee and Young Life changed my life a lot when I was in college. Um, I've been at three different uh, Christian institutions. And so I'm really, really excited to begin this chapter here at Northwestern. And thanks for letting me speak to you today. Um, My hope is that you get something out of it. You probably won't love it all. um, But uh, I thought, since you don't know me, I figured I'd give you some stuff that you didn't ask for, but you're gonna get. Um, I grew up in Oregon, anyone from Oregon? Always a loner. That's okay. I'm a Ducks fan, though. Anyone a Ducks fan? Really? Okay. So, what's that? You like shooting ducks. Different. <laughs> different. Different for sure. Maybe we'll start a little more primary. Uh, my favorite color is green. Anyone like green? Let's go. Green. Okay, good. Yeah. We already have a lot in common. This is really cool. Um, my favorite movie, this is an oldie but a goldie, is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Okay? Yeah, okay. 
I love that movie. Every time, I just love that movie. It's great. Uh, my favorite book is The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Anyone read The Alchemist? Okay. The intellectual bunch. I heard like four of us. We can have book club or something. Um, I like music. My favorite band is Green Day. Okay. There's a, okay. We need to have lunch then. That's good. I, uh, I actually had lunch with Jason Strand who works at uh, KTIS. And uh, I told him my favorite band was Green Day. And he's like, hmm. Is that like third day? I was like, different, different than third day, but uh, it's good. Um, And then uh, music's a big deal. So I'm supposed to use the clicker and I totally forgot about that. Um, My family. So music's a big part of our family. And so I'm really enjoying how uh, my kids are like taking our musical love and knowledge and just blowing it up to the next generation. If you guys have Apple iTunes, they do that year end review thing, right? Your 23 remix. I'm going to share with you some of my kids' deals. But that's my family. Um, I'm the man in the top. Uh, we were on a beach, and we thought, what better way to show a family picture than lay on a thing? So we did. Um, I love this picture because my oldest, the guy with the hat on the right, is taller than me now. And he's an eighth grader. So I like pictures where we're horizontal instead of vertical because it still makes me feel like the dad um, in that picture. So my oldest is currently interested in boxing because I introduced him to Rocky over Christmas break. And I don't know if you guys have a brother like this, but he's everywhere he goes, he's like this, right? And so like, I'm in the kitchen and I, I open up the fridge and I shut the fridge and there he is, he's just sort of doing this. I'm like, dude, I don't want that in my face right now, but he does it, he loves it. Um, he loves football, he's a Nordic skier. Uh, he, uh, all my kids go to Minnehaha Academy and what I'm really proud of him is he's becoming a blossoming leader. And it's fun to see middle schoolers try and fail and try again at leadership, and that's pretty cool. So that's Turner. He's on the right. He's an eighth grader. Um, and I decided instead of telling you his favorite music, he starts making playlists now. Back in the 90s, we called these mixtapes, um, but now they call them playlists. And his playlist right now is songs that hit different. <laughs> I think he's in love. I think he's going through something, but he likes to do that, so... My second born's that beauty, not the one in the middle, the one on the left, that's Brooklyn. Um, she's a seventh grader and she is every bit the same as her mom. And so it's easy for me to love her and my wife to have conflict with her. Um, <laughs> she's hilarious. Uh, she is expressive. She reads people extremely well. She already is dead set on coming to Northwestern. And uh, so... Uh, she loves playing basketball. She's a seventh grader and she's playing uh, high school basketball right now, which is pretty cool. And uh, her favorite practices are conditioning practices. So I mentioned she's a little different, um, but that's good. And her music of the, of the last year was Olivia Rodrigo. So, yeah. I heard you all groan to that one. Yeah. Not middle schoolers, right? Um, who's that, the last guy? Oh yeah, the last guy is Hudson. Uh, Hudson's awesome. He's the easiest to relate with because he's like a miniature me. And so that's been really fun. Uh, He loves people and sports and uh, he's not real adventurous with his food. He tends to order chicken tenders everywhere. Um, He, but he is really content to be at home and be cozy. And the thing I love most about Hudson is uh, every teacher he's ever had since he was in kindergarten has said that Hudson is the most inclusive kid. And it always kind of makes me a little teary. I'm like, oh. To have a kid that's inclusive, I, I think that's just awesome. Because you know, elementary school, can be, it can be tricky. But that's it. So that's my family. Oh, wait, the most important one. 
the one who keeps my life in orbit. Uh, Laura is my wife. We've been married a very, very long time. She is a wonderful woman. Uh, I think she's very, very beautiful. That helps too. Um, Parenting and life in general is easier when you find a good mate. And so Alicia was talking about premarital counseling and you guys are on that cusp of like, who am I gonna align myself with? And I would give you this advice. Um, She has incredible intuition. She's wise in her pursuit of Christ and she's an example to our family. And additionally, uh, I think moms oftentimes are the orbit, right? Maybe you call them the sun or something like that and like things orbit around mom. And she keeps our planets, our kids aligned. But I think what's cool is she orbits us around Christ. Um, Even on bad days, I'm really proud of her. She's the funniest person I know. And on February 14th, which is Valentine's Day, it will be our 20th dating anniversary, which matters. 20th dating anniversary. Thanks, guys. Yeah, so I'll tell you about our first date some other time, but I don't know how she chose me, but that's cool. That's my family. Thanks for caring. Um, I'm gonna give you five, nope. I'm gonna give you five fundamental truths that I believe are true now and into the future because of God. And the the first fundamental truth is that Crocs are neither shoes nor sandals. They, I don't get it. I don't get this this Crocs movement. Uh, They do nothing against slush and snow. Uh, They give you weird tan lines. Uh, They're really ugly. Sorry. Raise your hand if you're wearing them right now. Just, just out of cue. Oh, wow. That's way smaller. Okay. Good. This is a good group. Um, secondly, uh, I think that living a godly life is both the best adventure and the hardest thing we can do in the world. But what's cool is the adventure always outweighs the challenge, even when the challenge is really hard. And so I believe that fundamentally. Number three, I believe that they will serve corn dogs and double stuffed Oreos in heaven. I think there's... There's biblical research on that. Yeah, I don't think that the regular Oreos are going to make it to heaven. And I know Pronto Pups won't. So, uh, number four, I believe that skiing in the mountains is the best way to experience God's creation. I do. I love skiing. Any skiers out there? Okay. I love it. It's beautiful. Um, and the last fundamental truth, and I firmly believe this one from my toes, and this is what gives me such freedom in life. I believe that God sent his only son so that we can fill in the blank, but so that we can run free. And I think that that is the coolest gift that we have been given. Yes, Christ came, he died, he died for us. We're gonna live in heaven someday and that's super amazing, but while we're on earth, holy smokes, our problems go away. We just get to run after him, which is pretty cool. So I wanted to show you just briefly my family lineage and um, I'm doing this because I wanna talk about Matthew chapter one. That's the chapter of Matthew that most people skip over um, to get to the whole birth story, but um, Matthew chapter one is pretty fantastic, uh, and my lineage is not as famous as Jesus's, but I am like a tenth generation American, which is kind of cool. First generation, tenth generation. I love that people want to live in the greatest country in the history of the world, and I think that we're great because we pursued Christ from early on, and we're going to continue to do that. So, um, my I don't know how many ever greats that is Hans Heider. I'd like to meet that guy. Um, He came here on a boat from Germany before this was even a country and settled in British Virginia. And uh, he died in British Virginia, but his son died in American Tennessee, America, Tennessee, which is kind of a neat deal. And so you can see like, I've got this cool deal. He begot he, he begot he, he begot he, whatever. Um, John Washington, this is an interesting one. 
um, he was born, raised, and died in Tennessee and has a headstone reserved for Union Army cadets. So those of you who don't know history, Tennessee was on the Confederate side, but he fought for the Union Army. And so I guess I should be proud of that, but um, that's, that's kind of a neat deal. Um, the guy on, on the right here, that's my grandfather. That's Warner Henry Hank Heider. He, his name was supposed to be Warren after the president at the time, but the doctor spelled it wrong. There's a something, this is all before spell check. So we spelled Heider wrong, we spelled his name wrong. Um, that man shaped my life in super compelling ways. Um, I think about who I am as a man, who I am uh, just as a uh, believer in Christ, dedication to one woman, uh, the use of humor in everything, and uh, chivalrous spirit. I love my grandfather, um, and he is a, a great man. Um, but I will say the one thing he dealt with kind of his entire life, he fought in World War II, and he always feared that he wouldn't be, there wouldn't be a spot in heaven for him because he killed uh, other people. And that was something that always kind of ate at him. And, uh, you know, it's just something as, as we go through life, what's it, the, the song I love? It says, no guilt in life, no fear in death. Super easy to say, super hard to put into practice. And so here's this man that's awesome. I hold him on this pedestal and yet he still dealt with um, that sort of fear his entire life. Um, I want to transition quickly before I play my favorite game uh, to Jesus's lineage. So Jesus's tree is interesting. And, and the point I'm saying here is I can't control who my grandpa is. I can't control who his dad was or my great-great-grandfather was. They could have made terrible choices. Can't control it. But I still have a life to live and I'm pretty excited about it. Jesus, on the other hand, I mean, his lineage is written in like the most popular book of all time. So here he goes. We got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah. That's all good, right? So far, so good. I got, I got the all-star team, the starting lineup of Old Testament studs. But then you got to remember that uh, Perez. Now, Perez was born because Judah had two sons, and they, uh, the oldest son was evil, and he, he married a gal named Tamar. Remember Tamar? Remember this story? God kills the firstborn son. Tamar marries the second son, kills that son. So she dresses up like a prostitute and seduces Judah and suddenly Perez is born. Now that's the type of stuff you would see on like E! Entertainment or ETV, right? That's not the kind of thing that the Savior, the Son of Man, the Messiah lives up to. But we, it keeps going, which is kind of cool. Perez had Ram, had been at all these long ones. Boaz, if we remember Boaz, um, his mother was Rahab. Now, Rahab, stud, we love Rahab, but again, she was making some poor life choices. Um, Boaz had Obed, that's great. Obed, Jesse, David. Okay, right on. Okay. Now, we get to David. David had Solomon. And who did he have Solomon with? Okay. David made some monumental errors in his life. Monumental things of judgment. He put them all out there, which is kind of cool. He owned up to them. Not exactly like great choices. Uh, we might fire someone for that. I need two volunteers, though. Uh, I need a boy and a girl. Boy and a girl, get up here. Chase. Got Chase and a girl. I need a girl. I need a girl. Come on now. Yep, get up here. Yeah, let's go. Fantastic. Hi, you're Chase. Yes, and you, yes. Yeah. Brett. Yeah, nice to meet you. Nice Chase, where are you from? I'm from Ham Lake, 20 minutes down the road. Yeah, up the road. Yeah. Yeah, Ham Lake, guys. Chase, give it up. Hey, Maya, good. This is Maya. Okay. 
Uh, do you guys have any allergies to food? No. Blessings. All right, come on over here. <laughs> you guys are going to stand here. Okay, we're going to play. This is one of my favorite games. How's you guys' old Testament Shaky. Shaky, perfect. It's even better. So we're going to play a game called Good King, Bad King. It's like Chubby Bunny. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. You guys have to stand on the plastic, though, because this is going to get fun. Okay. So I'm going to list a, uh, a king. It's a, it's a fun game. We used to play this all the time as a kid, right? You're going to name if it's a good king or a bad king. And when you get it wrong, you are going to put a dill pickle in your mouth. And you have to say, good king, bad king. Do you guys understand the rules? Yes. Okay. So we're going to start, though. I want you to each put, here, you can hold that one if you want. You can hold the whole jar. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you get a whole jar, too. Because you guys are going to get a lot of these wrong. Okay. 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 So what I want you to do is I want you to put one in your mouth and kind of like tuck it in the side because you got to create a lot of space here. Okay. Don't chew it. No, this is Chubby Bunny with pickles. Okay, this is great. You guys feeling good? You guys look great. Don't they look great? Okay. Now, Solomon had a kid. His name was Rehoboam. Was Rehoboam a good king or a bad king? Bad king. Bad king? What do you guys think? Bad king? Bad king. Good job. Good job. That was an easy one. Um, Abijah. Good king or bad king? Bad king. He was a bad king? Good king. Good king. He was not only a bad king, he was an evil king. So yeah, so you get to put one of those in and say good king, bad king. Good king, bad king. Very good. That's awesome. All right. He had a son, Asa, Asa. What do you think? Was he a good king or a bad king? Bad king? Good king. Asa was a good king. Man. <laughs> Maya, this is not good for Maya. I don't know Yo, you can do it. I, I think you can get about 15 in there, which is what you're going to need at your rate. Okay. There you go. And you're starting to drool a little bit. I like that. Uh-huh. Um, keep it in. Good. Uh, we're on Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, was he a good king or a bad king? You think bad king? You thought you went good king? Good, because he was a good king. So, yeah, good. Very good, thank you. Uh, Jehoram. Yeah, come on, you should know this. Yeah, he was not good. He was bad. Yeah, not good. And what's crazy is the Israelites would have known this, right? They had flashcards as kids. They're like, no good, evil in the eyes of the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the tiny one counts. You could put it right here. Yeah, you don't get the tiny one. Okay. <laughs> um, Josiah? Uh, Uzziah. Uzziah. Yeah. Bad king? He was bad? No, he was good. You guys can put, put another one in your mouth. This is good. We're almost halfway through. <laughs> Good, good. Got to get it in. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, then start drinking the stuff. Okay, good job. All right, we'll do a few more here. We won't get through the whole, the whole deal. Um, 
I'll give you an easy one. Jotham. Jotham. He was a good king? Good king? Oh, you were wrong. I was totally giving you that answer. Yeah, he, he was a good king. Come on, you could fit one more in there. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Yep. There it is. <laughs> Isn't that perfect? This is amazing. So good. You're so good. All right, we'll do one last one. Ahaz. Ahaz. No good? No good? Good job. You guys both got that one right. You guys can spit them out. Thank you for doing that. There you go. Can we clap for these guys, please? Here, you can play. Yeah, thanks. You can just set that down. I'll clean it up later. Hey, and thanks for, uh, thanks for participating. God's gift to heaven. You can put something good Thank in your you. mouth. Yeah, no problem. You okay? You oh, good? Yeah. Ooh. yeah, there you go. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for playing. Perfect, I'll take them. Thank you. Thanks. Anybody want some pickles? No? Okay. Okay. How about those guys? That's a lot of pickles. All right, so we're not going to go through all the kings of, Egypt, uh, of Israel, but I think you get the idea that the fact that Jesus would be born into that lineage, culture could say something about him, couldn't they? They could probably say, oh, you know, your great, great millionth great grandmother maybe was a prostitute, right? Oh, your king did what was evil in the eyes of the Lord. I can think of no worse thing on your tombstone than to say, he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. That'd be terrible. And so Jesus could have lived with guilt. I mean, he could have lived with guilt, but that's not what he did, is it? But imagine if you maybe were born and your great-grandfather, maybe he was a, a Nazi prison guard or your mother was a prostitute or did your parents have you out of wedlock? All the things that maybe society says, Mm-mm, you should live with guilt and shame. And what's cool is we have an example in the Bible that Jesus didn't live with any of that guilt and shame. And so... I'm going to share with you uh, three points because that's what good sermons have. It's pickles and three points. And um, I'm just going to show some, some verses up here. Deuteronomy 6, 7, I love because uh, I think the Jews took taking the word of God and binding it to your body. They took it very, like, literally. But when we talk about taking God's word and putting it in our hearts. That's what I hope you can do today. So if you walk out of here with remembering nothing, remember that uh, what we're about to talk about right here, I think. So the first piece, oh yeah, I forgot that slide. It's right here. Why, how did I forget that? We're lucky, uh, the past shapes does not define us. And this is what I mean by that. Um, the first one is we are lucky to know Jesus. One of my, uh, this is uh, Matthew 13, 16 says, but blessed are you. So he's talking to the people that are alive at the time. He says, blessed are you. Your eyes because they see, your ears because they hear, because I tell you the truth, there have been people and righteous men for generations who have wanted to see and hear me, but they're not here to do it. What a stud. I love that. And so he gives us simple instructions. Go and make disciples of everybody. Share your faith. And you know what? You don't have to leave campus to share your faith with someone. You guys are living in dorms. You're commuting. You're, you're eating lunch across with someone. Share your faith. Do it daily. That's what the Jews did. They were all Jewish. And they all talked about something all the day, so they talked about faith. And uh, I, I made that part up. I don't know if that's true. 
But I think what's cool is uh, we are lucky to know him. And then what's lost in history is we have this figurehead. He's at churches. He's on a crucifix. We have pictures of him. We read about him in textbooks. And we forget that he's probably the coolest guy that's ever lived. The most relatable friend. The funniest guy. Uh, the guy who you could trust in every situation. He would literally be your best friend if he were here. And he could do that for all of us. And he's not cocky. He's not ignorant. He's not two-faced. He didn't live, live with shame. He healed people. Kind of a cool dude. The second point I want to leave you with is fear is, fear is not becoming. It doesn't look good on anybody. And we can read them. But this is just from Matthew because we're studying Matthew right now. Um, but here we are. Proof that fear is no good. Take courage. It is I, Jesus. And then he told Peter to, to, um, to walk to him in the boat. You remember that one? As the cloud enveloped, this is in, when he went out with this posse and, you know, basically the cloud comes and they fall on their ground. He's like, don't be afraid, guys. I got this. Imagine if you were hanging with a friend all the time and you could just never be afraid. I love that. But he's saying, you don't have to be afraid. Okay. You have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Right? That's when they were in the boat doing their bit. Um, and then just the fear around worry. You guys ever worry about anything? Be honest. Maybe. Yeah. One person kind of worries. Guys, worry's natural. It's a human thing, but it's a human thing. It's not a supernatural thing. It's not a fruit of the spirit. We should have a series called like the vegetables of the spirit and just talk about all the things that aren't the fruit of the spirit. They're bad. Vegetables are bad. You have to soak them in dill to make them good. Okay? Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you'll eat or drink. In short, Jesus took fear away from everybody. And I don't think you guys are too um, intellectually, theologically educated to hear that. There are people that struggle with fear. They struggle with worry. They struggle with anxiety. And so I think so often we are afraid of failure or a fear of letting people down. Oftentimes people who look to us as being superhuman. And I would just say, remove your fear and just see what happens. What can God do in a life with no fear? Pretty pumped. And the last one, Jesus is legit. Right? I don't know, you can clap a little bit. You guys may not remember this. Terry, you might remember this. Too legit to quit. Remember that? You guys remember too legit to quit? No, you don't. Okay. The ability to give commands blows my mind. Blows my mind. Come follow me. Away from me, Satan. Not very good at this. Um, away from me, Satan. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. I'm talking to Satan here. Jesus, good job. What else did he say? Come follow me. Follow me and let the dead bury their dead. Countercultural. I tell you that one who is greater than the temple is here today. He's basically saying, look it. I'm not, I'm not bragging. I'm not being cocky. But someone who's bigger than this temple and these, like, these services that you're doing, someone who's better than that, bigger than that, is here right now. And he's right in front of you and the Pharisees didn't see it. But that's, you know, you got to have a Pharisee in the story. And then uh, this one I love. This is when he's in the garden and, you know, his disciple gets a little ang- zealous and cuts off the ear. What's Jesus say? He says, uh, put your sword back in its place. Those who live by the sword die by it. Do you think I'm so illegit that I couldn't just call on a bunch of angels to come down here and blast all these Romans? He's so legit, but he also knew his process and what he needed to do. 
God's a creator of the world. He sent his only son to come and die so that, what? We could live free and run fast and live without fear, worry, and all of that stuff. So I appreciate you guys listening to this. I'm gonna pray for you. Um, when the student leaders asked me uh, what my favorite verse was, I kind of panicked. I said Proverbs 2 because I, I really like Proverbs 2 and I wasn't thinking. My favorite verse is Hebrews 12. And I think it's apropos to what this is all about, this season of life for you all. Uh, it's a way of life for us. Those of us that work here, we get to do this all the time and it's beautiful. But for you guys, this is a blip. And our goal is to make a student experience that's dynamic for you and I hope that this uh, encourages you as you go. Actually, can you guys stand up while we do this? Just stand up. If you know it, you can say it with me, but it's from Hebrews 12, verse one. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything and the sin that so easily entangles and run with faith, the person, oh, I just messed it up. And run with perseverance, the race laid out for us. Guys, I pray as you go today that you do run with perseverance, that you find a friend, find someone you don't know, walk out of chapel with them, scan the thing, scan your thing, scan the thing everywhere. Go to lunch, enjoy yourself, and run with perseverance the race. Thanks, guys.